You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad at Godridge Celtic Roots Festival. I'm sitting down in front of uh, Josh and Julie. Julie of, and it's Josh and Julie Kin of Kinfolk. Mm-hmm. And as a married couple, Julie wasn't always kin, but we can find out about that. But I'm curious, first of all, because I think you guys, what brought you together or where did you meet? We met playing music. Yeah. Um, we're both transplants to Roanoke. He got there one, two years before me, and uh, he was playing in the Roanoke Irish Session. Yeah. And I found the Irish Session and joined the Circle, and we met playing music next to each other. <laughs> and Josh, where are you from originally then? Uh, born in Maine, raised in Georgia, but moved to Virginia for work. Okay. In 2016. Okay. Um, so you went looking for a session. Where's the love of Irish music come from for both of you guys? Or the love of Celtic music? That's an excellent question. Uh, I started playing music when I was 10. My grandfather at the same time took up the bagpipes. And so I was learning the tunes that he was learning alongside him. And uh, even though I was was playing viola at the time, fell in love with with Celtic music uh, right from the beginning. Um, And I was introduced to some... You know, there were there were some websites that had come out back in the mid '90s that were compilations of lots of song and tune albums. It was the first attempt to make that an electronic database, um, and I just started learning tunes and fell in love with it from there. Yeah. When you say you were playing the viola, so you had a formal music education? Yes, I was you, classically yeah. trained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Julie, you, where, where was your introduction? Well, um, not quite the same. There was no family connection. Um, my my parents had a lot of Celtic music CDs that I listened to growing up, but it really wasn't until I moved to Roanoke. I, um, I moved up there for school, and I didn't know anybody except my classmates. Um, and then when I found the Irish session, it was the first like really solid community I found in Roanoke. Right. And so I kind of grew to love trad music by coming to the session where I also met him. Right, yeah. right. Um, so how long then were you guys gigging, or sorry, I should say, sessions together before you became an item? Was it a year? Or was it that long? Yeah. I don't was, know if it was that long. It was almost. It might have been faster than that. <laughs> <laughs> Between six months and a okay. year. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so... <coughs> Who spotted who first? <laughs> I spotted him first. I'm I got sure. that. I got that yeah. sense just from the flash. <laughs> I was like, are you hey, So in other words, the talk was taken and you didn't realize it. <laughs> I was eventually able to pick up on the hint. <laughs> so um, you then um, you got married during COVID. Yes. How long were you gigging together? When did you form as a as a duo we, musically? We formed Kinfolk in August. August of 2018. Okay. Mm-hmm. And COVID hit in 2020, but you got married in during COVID, was it? Yes. Yeah. In April of 2021. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I gather you went to Ireland on your honeymoon. We did. Two years later. Yeah. Oh, so you went. We couldn't. Had, we couldn't travel couldn't during know, COVID. Yeah. Because we were actually in Ireland for from. September 2020 until July 2021. Yeah, I guess we all just were where we were during yeah. 2020. Yeah. 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 Um, so when you did, um, how long did you spend in honeymoon? It's been three weeks. Three weeks. We started in Dublin and then worked our way around the coast. Um, uh, Cork to the Dingle Peninsula Beautiful. up north and then circled back to Dublin and flew out from there. And had you instruments with you? Of course. We specifically were there to session hop. We okay. were there for 21 days and we sat in with 20 two sessions. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> in 
doing that and giving, going around the country, did you notice the nuances of the different regions? Yes. I mean, I think in order to get a full appreciation for that, you should spend, you know, way more time than we were able to spend over there. So we were only there for, you know, two, three days at a time. But, you know, even in that period, we were seeing a lot of um, French influence in Cork. Okay. Um, a lot of concertinas in Ennis, but that was because there was a concertina convention going on. Yeah, okay. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just stumbled so upon that. So then did you go out to um, Milton Mulberry to the museum? We wanted to. Okay. That was one of the things that we were hoping to, to do, and we just weren't able to make it out in time. It was amazing. We had three weeks to go around the country and explore the music, and we still felt like we didn't see everything. Yeah. I mean, how could you? How could you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I know. I could spend a lifetime over there and not I, fully get... I don't think I could fully speak to the nuances between different counties, because I wasn't there long enough. I, I would notice different um, instruments were more predominant in certain counties, yes. but I, I couldn't tell you more. I want to go back and find out. Because I know some people have commented how in some counties they would tend to play faster than in others. I think Sligo, oh. I hear, tends to be somewhat faster okay. than maybe Clare or vice versa. I'm not sure. Interesting. But yes, that, that uh, how they, the tempo that they would put out the tunes. All, all I know is that when we were in Belfast, and you never know because you're, you're going to one session on one night. It's, yes. You never know, but we went to a couple in Belfast and everyone was very young. We were just kind of struck with how, how young the track scene was there. It was very cool to see. I don't know about their speed, but um, definitely noticed young faces there. Yeah, and of course the All-Ireland Flag around this time mm -hmm. of the year, one of the great things is when you walk the streets of well, the Smollingar this year, um, but uh, I know any time when I, it was Ennis when I, when I went to it last, uh, the age of people playing on the street is so impressive and so wonderful to see as yeah. well. In the sessions that you did manage to attend in Ireland, was there any, were there any um, renowned performers playing that you were surprised to be able to walk in, sit down and just see these? Whoa, I'm sitting down beside. Luckily, we didn't necessarily notice while we were sitting next to them. We only realized it afterward when we were like, gosh, her voice was familiar. I'll let Josh tell that story. Yeah, <laughs> so when we were in Dingle, we went into one of the pubs, and the name's currently escaping me, but um, we were... Do you remember the, the name of the place you were? Saying? I should remember. It was the Blue Pub. Yes. Yeah. It was. It was. Um. There was a big session there, and one of the the women um, sings beautiful song in Gaelic, and you know had a great rest of the session. I woke up the next morning. Was like, I have heard that song before, sung that way, and I realized it was Maeve Begley after doing a little bit of research. Right. Um, and yeah, it was it was incredible. So it was her. Um, we met a couple of people in Ennis as well. We went to the Blackie O'Connell session, met him um, from a recommendation from the Ellen Piper in our session. Uh, we also met uh, the guitar player from Goitsche. Yeah. Um, and um, so we actually got to see him at, uh, yeah. at the Goderich Festival. We hadn't seen him since April in Ennis, Ireland, and then we got to see him here in Goderich. Yeah. We were like, oh, hey! <laughs> and did you notice, like, when you talk Dingle and you talk Ennis, there are a few locations in Ireland that are powerful when it comes to sessions, mm -hmm. uh, Ennis being one, Dingle, um, and Galway, of course. Is, uh, did you get to Galway? We did. We did, yes. And you were in the crane? Yes. Yes, yes. we were. 
That was the one place where they, they were doing a lot of Appalachian old-time tunes in addition to Celtic tunes. Right. Yeah. It was really neat. Surprised you? It did, very much well, so. It surprised them when they asked us to sing and we didn't sing them something Appalachian old-time. We sang, um, I think, Shularoon, and they were like, whoa, I haven't thought about that song in a long time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, mentioning Shularoon, Shularoon Tasha Skrelga, um, you're, you're learning a song with English-Irish. Mm-hmm. Is that a challenge for you? Pieces of Skrelga, uh, and was the phonetics and everything else the challenge? Because you knew you were going to be singing that ultimately in front of audiences who would have a familiarity with the language. I know, and and the thing with Shularoon is, um, I've known that song for a very long time. Um, back when I was still a kid and probably acquiring phonemes and language learning, so that's one where I just. <laughs> uh, I hope a, a native speaker never corrects me. I'm sure I'm not saying it correctly, but I just have been listening to it so long that I know the sounds of the words. Um, they probably sound a little funny to native speakers. Well, really, you see, when it's being performed uh, with music and everything else, that's given the different um, pronunciations in different regions, mm-hmm. because like any country, um, you know how a word is pronounced in one region, be it Donegal, Galway, or Munster Irish, or um, Waterford Irish. Um, there would be slight variation. Yeah. yeah. Um, I learned Shularoon from a recording from Connie Dover. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was where right. I got it. Right. Um, what would you say was the highlight then of your honeymoon? Oh, that's a hard question. Oh, no. Oh, it's you have not. an answer? No, it's okay, very go easy. For it. Um, well, Josh, okay. What was the highlight of your honeymoon? Truly, <laughs> I can buy you can think about it, Josh. I'll qualify it by saying, uh, well, okay, so at the very end of the honeymoon, which is not how you want to start this most of the time, um, we were in the Reykjavik airport um, waiting uh, for our layover flight to come home, and that's when we got the news that we had won the Godrich, um, the Robinson Emerging Artist Showcase, Right. Um, and that was just the cherry on top to everything. Right. You know, while we were there, we had been been in about two weeks and then we got the notification that we've been selected as finalists and um, at, at that point we just went into you know campaign mode basically right so uh, you know we're, we're still trying to take in the sights and, and you know enjoy the honeymoon That's and exceeding. exactly yeah. we're having an amazing time but at the same time we have this this competition in the back of our head so we're 
we're working super hard um, trying to campaign for that um, alongside it. And so to have all that work pay off right at the end as we're about to come home was just was an incredible feeling. So, Julie, you can't claim that one now. <laughs> that is a very good one, though. It is, but you can't claim it. So, what was the highlight? <laughs> it's hard to choose any highlights. There are certain places I've always wanted to go, so we made time to go up and find, uh, see the giant causeway. I've always, always wanted yeah, to yeah, see that. Yeah. And we managed to get there um, on a sunny day. And it was late enough in the day that the buses had stopped running, so there weren't a lot of people down there. Right. So that was lovely. But just being able to take our instruments around and sit in with sessions and being able to just talk with people right. and just to slip into a pub for a moment and be able to enjoy music for hours every single day, that was a lot of fun. And music for professionals is a tough career because if it's, and particularly when you've come through COVID you realize the difficulties that can be there so are you guys committed to trying to make this 100% what you do or do you have something there to fall back on? We'd like to what kind of musicians would we be if we said otherwise you know? <laughs> Well, like, you know, when you talk to Stefan or some of the others who are here and they teach or they and music is their career, but not necessarily performance. Yeah, it's, it's inspirational to see yeah. other musicians here at Godrich who are making it work. Yeah. And um, I think you know when you start pursuing music that it's not going to be performance all the time. It's not yeah. going to be sitting and practicing and learning things that you want all the time. But there are very creative avenues you can pursue whether it's teaching or collaborating or something like that. And I, I don't know. I, I look forward to the challenge of cobbling those things together. So then, where would you like to be five years from now? We would love to be doing this full time. I mean, you know, yeah. in an ideal world, that's exactly what we'd be doing. And I, I'd say, like, maybe it's not even a commitment per se to being professional musicians, but maybe being professional creatives. Julie, for example, is a very accomplished writer, and she's... Um, been working on several things very, very diligently for multiple right. years. So, you know, maybe in an ideal world, we have a life set up to where we can have a combination of doing performances, teaching, working on um, on Julie's book. Or right. writing with other people. Josh has been working on our local Highland Games. Right. He's been on the board booking music, I believe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because the Celtic scene down the U.S. is quite strong. Uh, uh, well, uh, well, kind of around the perimeter between Ohio, Milwaukee, you get down even, um, I know in Florida there's a number of festivals um, in uh, Reston, Virginia, I know they have the one there as well, and there's a lot of areas, so I, but I guess that's a compressed season, because the festival season is really from, what, May to September. The pretty weather month. Yes. Yeah. You'd be surprised, Asheville has a festival that's in February, so yeah. there there is a growing number of festivals that are uh, popping up to fill in the off-season months, and there is a demand for it. Right. It's a fantastic response from that, so we're very yeah, excited to see that grow. This, this side of the border, they tend to end in September. <laughs> for sure. So if you get an invitation to a festival in February, make sure it's indoors. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, Your music and um, putting it out there, again a challenge in this day and age because it's such a crowded space and after COVID there were so many performers who were performing online during COVID to try to set yourself apart that must have been a challenge weirdly enough um, COVID was what 
gave us the opportunity to learn how to live stream on Facebook. Yeah. And we actually gained a lot of, that, that was where we first started getting our traction with beyond the local audience. Right. Because we were all stuck inside and we just wanted to perform and other people just wanted a little spark of hope, you know. We were all so lonely. And um, we actually grew quite a bit while live streaming and, and I think correct me if, if you have a different idea, Josh, but I think people responded to just the fact that we were two people in our living room. We were being just ourselves, performing for them, taking requests, and just having a nice time. There, right. there was no pretension there. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I 100% agree. And, and it gave us a chance to work out some of the material um, in, a, in a setting we're most comfortable in before going out um, in public on a stage. Yeah, some of the tracks on our last album that we recorded, we probably wouldn't have put on there if it hadn't have been for live streams where people were requesting them constantly. Right. We're like, okay, our fans like this song. We should give them a proper version of it. Right. Yeah. And, and that opportunity, I mean, some of the digital things that people were doing during COVID, you know, that's, that's where we got our first invitation to apply for the Robinson Emerging Artist Showcase. Right. Yeah, it was sent out as a press release online. Um, and, and I think they found out about us because we were doing our li online performances. I don't think yeah. they, otherwise they would have known about us in order to make sure that we knew about the application right. yeah. process. And, and we're incredibly grateful to them for all the opportunities they provide artists like us because, you know, you get to a certain point where you've got sets worked out. And we've seen this from, from a number of other bands that, you know, they get to a certain point and you know there are there are performances that they can go to but if you want to take it to that next level where you could do it professionally if you wanted to it's really hard to bridge that gap and opportunities like this really really give us an opportunity you know the chance to um, get with people who are in the business and understand how that works so that you can build yourself up to the level where you're ready for it right. and can sustain it over time right and so. um, there are the Debaras are here so you're seeing um, yes. a multi-generational um, group. Have you ambitions to create a multi-generational group of some <laughs> We're letting things just kind of unfold naturally. <laughs> it's certainly not off the table. <laughs> and that's something long way down the road. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Josh, Julie, it's been a real pleasure chatting with you. If anyone wants to find out more about you, where are the coordinates? Where can they hear your music and where can they find out about you guys? Yes, our website is kinfolkmusic.com and to and find us you have to remember we have two ends. That's right, double N. Yes, because we like puns. Ken is our last name. Um, you can also find us on any of your favorite streaming or downloading platforms. We're on there and um, most social media sites too. But you would prefer if somebody were to if they find you on a streaming platform. I know there are some streaming platforms that are more remunerative for you guys than others. Where would you suggest somebody go? SoundCloud or where you do better out of? At this time, I'd say Spotify would Spotify. be the best be place to find us. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we have music all over the place, so wherever you can find us, we just ask that you enjoy the music. Ultimately, okay. if you really want to support us, the best you, you can do for artists is to go to their website and purchase their CDs. Yes. So going yeah. to our website and making a purchase there would okay. help us a lot, and you'd get a physical copy to love. Yeah. We also offer online classes through our website, so okay. that is an option for for and how has that worked out for you? We just launched it right before we came up here. Okay. So okay. We're Good. very excited to to announce that, and are um, excited to bring some more music education to people who need it. Brilliant. 
Josh, Julie, it's been a great pleasure making chatting with you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Wish you all success and uh, hope you get back to Ireland regularly. Yeah, we hope so too. We hope so as well. Thank, Thank you, you so very much. much. Think about me when